Everybody said, praise the Lord. God is a great, wonderful God. If you have a Bible, turn to the book of Acts. Glad for you to be right here in God's house this very morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, dear God. Holy Savior. Acts chapter 13. going to begin with verse 6 this morning. And when they had gone through the isle unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elamas, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O full of all subtility, and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Everybody said praise the Lord. I want to minister this morning from the latter part of verse 10. The right ways of the Lord. The right ways of the Lord. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. You know, I uh, I was not raised in the church. I uh, I knew nothing about the Bible. I really, truly knew nothing about Jesus Christ, and. Uh, when I was witnessed to, it was a first, as far as the truth coming my way, to my knowledge. And uh, 
I was I had a lot of ways, but uh, my ways were wrong. My ways were fleshly. My ways were incorrect. As you become familiar with the Bible, as I did over a period of time, from reading it and listening to it preached by my pastor and discussing it with brethren in the church, uh, you come to find out that the church that Jesus started, the only church he ever started, the one and only, and he started it for everybody, that that church began to go reaching everybody everywhere. Didn't matter what background, what language, what skin color, what country or island, made no difference, what continent, made no difference. The church is out to reach everybody. And that was a commission given to the body of Christ from the Lord as they went forth preaching this gospel to every living creation on the top side of God's green earth. And as they did so, then the church didn't just stay consequently in one location, but they began to branch out and reach to different peoples in different places. That's why you have Romans all the way through to Revelation because the church went forth and reaching people everywhere. And uh, I want to turn your attention this morning to the book of Galatians, just a little bit past where we just read in Acts. You'll go forward a couple of books, a few pages. Chapter 5. Now, I want you to keep in mind that these people, they had what's known as the law. Many of them were trained and raised under the influence of the law, which in its time was great and wonderful. And if, if righteousness could have come by anything other than Jesus Christ, meaning the law would have qualified for that. But uh, the law was weak concerning this flesh. And the law was really a schoolmaster. And the law was a uh, designed to bring us to Jesus Christ. So, and it did. It fulfilled what it was supposed to do. And I want you to hear what a new congregation, a group of people that were brand new, uh, they have been witnessed to, they have been, they have repented of their sins, they have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they've received the free gift of the Holy Ghost. So now they're born again of water and spirit, they're a part of the body of Christ. And it's, they're brand new babies in Christ, the scripture teaches. And they're being taught. Paul has been inspired to write a letter, an epistle, a message to these new congregants in a town, an area, a region called Galatia. And so these people were called Galatians from that area. And uh, in verse chapter 5, 
There are six chapters in this book. In chapter 5, he said, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, there was a battle going on. There was a battle. A brother came to me this morning and uh, just um, popped in the office, off the cuff, and uh, began to tell me how that his family was, maybe extended family, but nonetheless family, was an obstacle to him, posing themselves as obstacles to him. Well, sometimes it's family, sometimes it's so-called friends, sometimes it's people on your job or your school, college, wherever. There are lots of things, lots of spirits that will rise up through many different sources in an attempt to be an obstacle to a child of God. To somebody who is knows the truth and is being, I like to call it, being ex- exposed to and trained by the perfect law of grace. And how that the right things are being communicated unto you. And the enemy comes along and he rises up and he wants to pervert, he wants to twist, he wants to get you to get a different point of view from God and his leadership and his church. He doesn't want you to see things the way God sees things. He wants you to see things the way he sees things. Well, the way he sees things are all kinds of cloudy darkness and mess up and will bring destruction to you. Whereas if we take heed to the scripture and do so, especially many that among us that are coming up as children and that you learn the scriptures of a child, that you get, shall we say, a head start. You get a, a little advance down the road on others that come in later in life. And uh, the enemy, though, he wants to trip you up. He wants to cause you to veer right, veer left, or go backwards. And yet the Bible is telling you here to stand fast in the liberty, to properly view, to get God's point of view, to, if you please, crawl into God's mind and look through his eyes and see things from his point of view, then you'll realize that this great salvation, this way that you are raised or brought into the body of Christ, it is a liberty. It is, it's taking you out of bondage, out of slavery. It's taking you away and delivering you, saving you from things that are definitely out to destroy you. Satan is called, in more than one language, the destroyer. He comes to kill. He comes to destroy. 
he, he wants to rob you of your liberty. No longer wants you to enjoy what God has given to you. He doesn't want you to view it as something joyful. I uh, don't know if you know it or not. There are sometimes phrases that we, uh, we say and we quote and we use that we don't even realize that they're in the Bible. I don't know if you realize that the skin of your teeth is in the Bible. Well, there's another one. Skip for joy is in the Bible. Skip for joy. It's in the Bible. Quote, unquote. Funny how that, like I said, things will be there, and they've been there <laughs> for a long time. And I don't know about you, but I've read it, and I've read over it many a time. And then, like I said, every once in a while, it's almost like a jack-in-the-box. Remember the game kids used to play, and they wind the little thing until the top pops open, and the, the guy inside, the, the clown inside the box pops out, and they, it was named the jack-in-the-box. And so... Uh, that's kind of like sometimes how the scripture is. It has a just, just a way of popping up right in front of you. It's been there all the while, all the time. And uh, so the scripture, you stand fast in it because it's a joy. It'll cause you to skip for joy. It'll cause you to rejoice. And the writer said, and again I say unto thee, rejoice. It tells you, even when you're being persecuted, even when things are coming down on you, or you're battling, okay, and you find yourself in a battle, spiritually, it's telling you to leap for joy, to rejoice, and to remember that there were many righteous before you, that you're now being counted worthy to be tried like they were, to be tested like they were, and to, you should view it in a positive light. That you get one place that you're counted worthy to suffer for the Lord. It was said of the man that was chosen to become an apostle. God said, I'll show him how great things he must suffer for my namesake. And, uh, you know, you and I could look at it and say, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And God's saying, oh, yes. And, and God wants you to do it. Okay? And, and I tell you, God has our best interests at heart. And he knows all about us. And he knows the challenges that we're going to have. He knows the obstacles that are going to suddenly be in our pathway. Okay, even sometimes to the point that there is large and seemingly insurmountable as a mountain. But God's teaching you, my word can bring down the mountain. My word will bring up the valley when you find yourself depressed, when you find yourself feeling beaten down, when you find yourself in a frame of mind that is negatively affecting you and you can't seem to get through it you know, at least as quickly as you'd like to. And uh, he said, I'll, I'll bring up that valley. Isn't it nice when 
the Bible also said that he gave his angels charge concerning thee. Lest at any time you dash your foot against the stone. But he gave those angels charge that he would bear you up so that you don't even touch the ground. You won't dash your foot against the stone. You know, God loves you. And God's looking right at you. And God cares about what you're going through. God cares about how you feel. God cares about what you're struggling with. And what you're, the Bible uses the word wrestling. He knows that we wrestle with principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places. He knows that. Okay. One place talked about wrestling with great wrestlings. Okay. I read where Jacob wrestled with an angel all night long. And that coming to the breaking of day, he had such a grip on that angel that he wrestled with that the angel actually cried out and said, let me go. The day is breaking. I've got to go. And Jacob said, you're not going nowhere till you bless me. <laughs> he said, I've wrestled all night long. He said, you're not, you're not getting out of my grip. I'm not letting go until you bless me. And so he blessed him. He said, no longer will you be called Jacob. But now your name will be Israel. Meaning that you're like a you are a prince that has power with God. Because even the angel realized that something had supercharged, something had boosted up Jacob's strength and power. And it was of the Lord. And that the angel realized, I'm going to have to impart some blessing here. I'm going to have to recognize what's taking place here if I'm going to break this grip. But even at that, he reached down and touched Jacob in the back of his thigh and hobbled him a little bit. <laughs> Left a little reminder. Uh, and there are reminders. But they're good. Paul said, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have some scars. They're battle scars. They're battle scars. So, you know, you... You put a, a positive outlook on things. You know, you could let your scars make you feel bad, make you feel in some ways disfigured, shall we say. Or you can put a positive spin on it and you can say, these are my battle scars. They show that I hung in there. They show that I suffered persecution for the cross. I didn't duck out. I didn't hide. I didn't run away. You know? And there are those that do that. But there are others that stand fast in the liberty. Wherewith Christ hath made us free. Isn't that wonderful? He said, be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You know, if you've had a problem, you've had a problem with alcohol, you've had a problem with drugs or you had a problem with rebellion. 
or jealousy or pride and many other such things. Uh, for an example, works of the flesh the Bible talked about. And uh, here in this same chapter, chapter 5, listen to what he said. Because there was a battle, I'm trying to tell you, going on. These, they were trying, a spirit was trying to drag these folks, this new congregation, these people, back into what God had delivered them out of. And uh, their battle was with the law. Their battle was a religious battle. Their battle was the way they were used to doing things. And their battle was family who were still doing those kind of things and weren't believing, weren't moving forward with what was so obviously set before them. The, the light that was shining before them. And so the temptation was for these new converts to back off, not turn the light up so bright, and maybe to start partaking again with them, with their family, with their friends, with their co-workers, with certain influences in their lives, and start partaking again. But uh, to, to loosen up, you know, to relax things, to get into a careless ease. And so, Paul said here, for brethren, verse 13, you have been called unto liberty. He said, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. He said, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit. There's a strong desire in the flesh, church family. And I'm reminded again and again that in my flesh dwells no good thing. The flesh that has no good thing in it lusteth against the Spirit. And the Spirit against the flesh. They battle. They are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, in other words, you can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. This takes the Holy Ghost. This takes the church. This takes each other. This takes working together, praying together, worshiping together. Okay? This is a... a uh, somebody said to me not too long ago, they pointed out one couple how they said, oh, that's, understand that's how you got this done, that done, the other done. And, you know, we pause the beat and we basically begin to tell the person. And, you know, you watch for spirits. You watch for something to inject right itself right in there. 
to cause division. And we begin to tell the individual, oh, no, you know, this one and this one and this one and this one. In other words, it was a group effort. It's no one individual. It's a group effort. We're all working together. We're all laborers together. We're fellow laborers, fellow soldiers, fellow workers. We're in the body of Christ together. We're not exalting one over the other. We're all working together. We're holding up, even as Aaron and Ur did, we're holding up one another's hands, even as they held up Moses' hands. Hands. And as they did, there was victory. There was victory. Tearing down does not bring victory unless you're tearing down the stronghold of the enemy. Okay? When we use the weapons, the spiritual weapons of our warfare, then we can tear down the enemy's stronghold. When we do it God's way, when we use God's power and his glory and his gifts and his instruction, we can defeat the enemy. And everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. So he went on to say, but if you be, if, but if, for if ye be led of the Spirit, he said, then you're not under the law, or in other words, you're not under the bondage. You're not under the bondage. Whatever it is that's trying to drag you back into bondage, he said, if you'll be led of the Spirit, then you, you won't find yourself under that bondage. He said, now the works of the flesh are made very clear. He said, which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, and such like. Anything that shows itself to be in the same spirit as these things I've just read to you comes under such like. If they're of the same spirit, they're of the same attitude. Everything isn't going to be named in the Bible just like these some here were named. And because, as it is written, uh, time would fail. So he put it concisely, such like. After a while, you have to learn to pick up the spirit of a thing. You get the drift of where a thing is at, where it's going. You recognize it. You discern it. And then you abstain from it. You refrain from it. You don't want anything to do with it. You know that it, it's of the same spirit the same attitude that will destroy. It will fight against the spirit. The spirit that you want to be led by. I don't want to be led by the spirit of the works of the flesh. I want to be led by the spirit of God. Everybody said hallelujah. He said, when he said, and such like, hear this now, he said, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things 
shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. There is no bondage. There is no dragging you back and putting you in chains of sin and darkness. For you'll be in the light. You'll be led of the Spirit. You'll walk in the light. You'll desire the things of the Spirit. That's what you'll do. You won't want these other things. And that's so important that you are able to conquer fleshly desires. You're able to put them under your feet and to be dead to those things, but alive to Jesus Christ. To be dead, once again, to be dead to adultery, to be dead to fornication, to be dead to uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings. I'm not interested in the revelings or the partyings that people go to. I don't want to be in their parties. You know, you know, a lot of people, the only reason they get married is because they want to have a party, a reception. That's the only reason. We've seen it. Many times they want to use our facilities and we won't allow them to do that. We're not a part of their revelings. We are partners and they're doing that. We're not interested at all. Anything we want them to come. Holy God, they ain't no Holy Ghost party. Remember that if we are Christ, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts, we've crucified that. If we live in the Spirit, also walk in the Spirit. This isn't just about saying it. This is about doing it. This is about when you're on your job, you're surrounded by people that they don't have good language. Their thoughts, their words are not based on good thoughts. And when they're standing around talking, it's going to be filled with lust. It's going to be filled with smut and filth and garbage. It's going to be filled with things that are offensive to the Holy Ghost and that a Holy Ghost child doesn't want anything to do with. So we learn ways of wisdom. We learn how to excuse ourselves out of their company and we move into better places, better locations. We want to walk in the light. When we come on the job, we want, or we go to college or we go to school or wherever, we want uh, everybody to see a difference about us. We want there to be a goodness that shines and radiates from us. We want them to know that we're walking in the light as He is in the light. And that's why when it said that in the Bible, is teaching you and ties in the blood of the Lamb so that we have a blood-washed fellowship. I'm not seeking fellowship from the world. I'm not seeking fellowship from lost family. 
or lost people on my job or at my place of education. That's not where I'm looking for my party. Okay? Not at all. I don't want to be a partaker of the things that I used to partake of any longer because I've been given liberty now. I don't need those things anymore. I don't get my jollies or my happiness from the things that are sinful and of darkness. I don't want that anymore. I'm One of my revelings, one of my rejoicings is that I'm no longer in bondage, that I'm free. I don't need alcohol anymore. I don't need dirty jokes and stories anymore. I don't, I don't need the things that the world uses and that people connect with because they're of the world. They have the same spirit. I, I want to be very careful about what I laugh at. I uh, have had many times, I've had people tell me, and some of them like a lawyer or a banker or maybe just a construction worker, but whatever. I've had them say, oh, let me tell you this joke or this story, and I'll stop and I'll say, only if it's clean. And I have to make sure that their definition of clean is coming up to my standard of clean. You know? Oh, yeah. I know that when my wife and I, we were 25 years married in the church uh, before we ever took a vacation. I was so happy in the Lord and so full of the Holy Ghost and so involved in the church and I could not see the benefit of a break. I came to see it after 25 years that I did need to take a little break once in a while. And break for me up to that point was preaching. I'd go visit my pastor and I'd preach for him. That was vacation. Load everybody up in the car and off we'd go. And we'd go preach for Brother Don. But uh, after 25 years, kids were grown up enough and... Uh, I took my wife on our first vacation, and I remember trying to explain to the people, uh, you know, if you search, and now especially because you can go online, and uh, but you search, you can you can find places that they rent houses, little villas, houses where you can have privacy, and uh, I remember trying to explain to them my standard of privacy. Because my standard of privacy and their standard of privacy, I found were very different. They, they would fall short. And uh, they would just yes you to death. And uh, so, you know, sometimes we would be a little disappointed. And other times we would be overjoyed. So we just had to learn how to get our point across, you know. And uh, in all phases, whether it's somebody going to tell me a humorous story, I've got to get my, my point across where my standard is at, you know. And uh, you and I are called to a liberty here.
we've been set free. And we're in, we're in the light. We're walking in the light. We're happy in the light. We rejoice and we skip for joy in the light. You know, it makes us kick up our heels. It makes us just happy. And you know, the Bible did say happy is the people that are in such a case. <laughs> oh, let me have a case of the happies, huh? In a world that's got so much darkness and so much, uh, I, I, I want to use so many words, but they just have so much aggression, so much war, rumors of war, and so much yelling and screaming and fighting and clamoring among themselves. You know, clamoring is, is an angry lifting up of the voice. People yelling at one another, mad at one another, displays of temper, tirades, cursing, and to be delivered from that. Maybe you were raised in a home like that, and now you've been delivered. You don't live in that kind of environment anymore. We've helped many young people to get out of a bad environment. And we've helped make provision for them to get into a peace of the Holy Ghost, a joy of the Holy Ghost. And that's where you and I learn more and more to, in everything, give thanks and to be ye thankful because of all that God has made available to us the doors that He opens, that we can enjoy the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is, no, there is no bondage. There is no dragging us back to that. We're not going back by the grace of God. And that's why we make a real effort to go to church, to congregate together, and to be involved in everything the church is doing. I want to be involved in everything the church is doing. Everybody said amen. amen. That takes an effort. That takes a, a putting off of possibly some things that you feel like you want to do. Or at least putting something off or something in a, in a time frame. You budget your time for the things that the church is doing. You build your life around the church, not the church around your life. Everybody said, praise the Lord. I had a, we have a young budding couple uh, that I hope you're all praying for. Um, but there seems to be a little love in the air. Uh, between Roderick and Delicia. I'm very happy about it. They are doing it the right way every step of the way. They're communicating, as the Bible teaches, they're communicating with the senior leadership. And um, so her, some of her family came down from Georgia this past few days. So they're up visiting her and some other of her family that lives in Fort Myers. And so she wanted Roderick to come up so that they could meet him. So he asked me if that'd be all right. And I said, yeah. 
I'll send somebody along with you. And uh, God's careful. And I said, but you go up there. I said, you get with Brother and Sister Lewis and the church family. You go to outreach. I said, you work in your meeting the family around that. And I said, you don't hang out with that family. You meet them, shake their hands, be friendly, keep it short, sweet, to the point, and then you move on with some good spiritual things to do the rest of the day. Which is what they did. So I'm saying, there is a right way to do things, church family. There's a right way. Because we want to have good, strong couples in the church. We want to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We want to be around people that are talking about Jesus, thinking about Jesus, and are happy to do so. And I'm not talking about their standard of Jesus. I'm talking about the truth. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. There's something you and I have to do. We have to die to this flesh. We have to crucify this flesh. Because it's going to rise up. It's going to try to get alive again. It's going to try to get you to go back to old patterns and old ways of doing things. But we are learning new ways because old things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. And everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. So we're learning the right ways of the Lord. And here, here you've got a, a man that was desirous. Could be a man, could be a woman, could be a boy, could be a girl. A person who is desirous to learn about the Lord. And Saul is called for. And he begins to bring the truth this individual. But of course, there's an obstacle that shows itself clearly and begins to try to turn the individual away from the church. You know, if you don't think there's a devil, you start coming to church here, you'll find out real quick that there is an opposing force. And all kinds of people and things will start popping up out of the woodwork every which way. Suddenly, you'll be so very popular. Everybody will want your company and want you to come do this and come do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. And it'll be okay to go anywhere else except here. You'll find that out. But uh, Paul, as the church, in other words, <clears throat> representing had to deal with that spirit. And we have to deal with spirit. If, if you get cancer, I promise you, we won't hate you. But we're going to hate that spirit of cancer. And we're going to pray against that spirit of cancer. To cast it out and for God to heal you. And any other thing that's like that that you would want to name. We're, we're, we're not hating you or against you. But we know spirits. And 
We have to identify those spirits. We have to locate those spirits. And we have to deal with them. Because we want to separate you from that spirit. And if we can do that, then hallelujah. But if you just won't turn loose, then you don't leave us much choice. Because the church is going to go forward. The church is going to reach out for new people. And when Paul dealt with this individual that had a spirit, then he brought down a measure of the wrath of God upon him in an attempt to save the individual who is desirous of the right ways of the Lord. And that's why Paul said in dealing and battling with that spirit, he said, how long will you cease not to pervert the right ways of the Lord? to try to twist those things, to try to say that the wrong is right, and to try to turn somebody away and discourage somebody from doing right by your example or your words or whatever. And so Paul had to deal with that. But the phrase I want you to get is the right ways of the Lord. The church is right. The ways that the church teaches of the Lord are right. They've been tried. They've been tested. And we're asking for those ways. We want to walk therein. We want to find rest for our lives. Because we're, we don't want to be weary any longer. Matter of fact, now we're instructed not to be weary in well-doing. You know? you got to recognize why you were weary before. You were weary before because of wrongdoing. Because sin will wear you out. Sin will destroy you. Sin will bring disease to your life. But the Holy Ghost, the power of God, the church, the body of Christ, will bring healing, will bring joy, will bring excitement and happiness and the love of God in your heart. Everybody said praise the Lord. The right ways of the Lord. The devil wants you to question everything. The devil wants you to back up. He wants to push you and make you back up. He wants to get you to argue with leadership. He wants to get you to pervert or look at things from another angle other than God's way. Looking at things God's way is what's going to give us the right ways of the Lord. It's going to help us to do it right. And everybody said hallelujah. The right ways of the Lord bring peace. They bring joy. They bring happiness to us. They give us the good life. The blood-washed, Holy Ghost life. And you know, they're going to bring to us that place called heaven. Because he said, flesh is not. They which do those things of the flesh, he said they're not going to inherit it. They can't. They cannot inherit it. So, it's all or nothing. we got to give us uh, ourselves to this. And God's going to help us. The church is going to help the word of the Lord and the right way of the Lord, all of these 
aids are going to help us. All these assists are going to help us to hold up our hands so that we can have the victory, whether in the valley or on the mountain. It's not going to make any difference. We're going to have victory. And everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. If we live in the Spirit, this becomes your lifestyle. Let us also walk in the Spirit. We're going to walk it. We're not just going to talk it. Let us not be desirous of vain glory. Worthless. Vain is worthless. It's useless glory. The only glory that's of any value is the, that which glorifies God. The glory of the Lord. That's the glory we want. And he said, provoking one another, envy. let's not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Those are fleshly characteristics. Those are things that are going to, as I said, ultimately destroy us. I think I've told you before, so I'll remind you, stir up your mind by way of remembrance. There was a pastor, a very good pastor, he's dead now, but he uh, had seen people over the years, as any pastor will, he's seen people leave. And uh, so there was a preacher and his wife, family that were kind of in between trying to find the mind of God, where to go next, what to do. And so this pastor, he said, if you'd like to come and base out of my church for a while, he said, I will, uh, I'd like to give you an assignment. He said, I'd like for you to, 40 hours a week, I would like for you to go out through my city. I'll give you a list. Names and in some cases accurate addresses because people do move. But I'll give you my last address for them. And he said, I want you to look these people up. He said, they used to come here. They once knew the truth. As it's written, they once knew this. And so he did begin to compile like a diary, a journal. And he told me himself, he said, when I tell you that these people went down, backwards and down, he said, I'm talking deep sin, depravity, because they left the church. Didn't always happen overnight. He said, but over time, over time, until... It was shocking, frighteningly shocking to see the devastation that sin had put in their lives. Ravaged them. Destroyed their family, their children. Terrible, terrible results. It's so good to love the Lord thy God with all of the heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's so wonderful just to flow with the Holy Ghost and not resist the Holy Ghost. That only grieves God. Let's not be a grief to God. Let's make God happy. 
And believe you me, God will make you happy. He knows how to do that. Let's stand together this morning talking to you about the right ways of the Lord. Don't let those right ways slip away from you. Don't lose them. Don't lose them. Don't be deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. You hang out with the wrong people, you're going to start doing the wrong things. They're going to, like rust, they're going to begin to corrupt the good in you. That's a fact. You want to be with the church. You want to be with the body of Christ. You want to be with those that are loving the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And everybody said hallelujah. Everybody said praise the Lord. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm glad you're here this morning. I'll ask you at this moment to have prayer with me. A little heaviness of heart. I had a preacher <clears throat> call me and he asked me if I'd heard the news about a certain preacher. And I said, no, I haven't. This was yesterday on the phone. Actually, I think late afternoon. And he said, his 18-year-old son just graduated from high school. And he went to a conference. He said, coming back from the conference, he was in a car wreck. He died yesterday. You never know, church family. You just never know. God, help us. Help us all. Help our children. God, help us to have an 18-year-old Holy Ghost life. Gone, just like that. Gone. I wouldn't doubt that they were probably driving along, laughing and rejoicing, having a big time. And then, suddenly, suddenly, they airlifted him from the accident, the scene of the accident, Head trauma. And he, he didn't survive it. Didn't make it. Grieving mother and father. Children. Siblings, in other words. 18 years old. What a great, I feel like, ministry he had ahead of him. What a great life. What a great influence. All the knowledge that was in that child. That young man. God help us. God help that family. So I will ask you to pray for brother and sister Tim Bass with their eldest son. Brother Tim Bass has been down here. He's been in our sound booth, helped us. He's put the sound equipment, wiring and everything in next door in the new building. He helped us to do that at the Rock East. And he's I know his father, which would be the grandfather of this deceased young man. We know of the family, known them for many years. And uh, so I'll ask you to pray with me now for them. If they're able to overcome the, the load that I'm sure they're feeling. And uh, ask God to help.
help them carry that load. Amen. Believe God with us, Jack. Let's pray. Oh, God. You know everything, Lord. You know every beat of the heart 100,000 times a day. Oh, God, my Father. You know every emotion that the Basses are going through right now. Oh, Christ of Calvary, I pray that you hold up their hands, that you can bring them through as only you can do. Dear God, we love you and we need you. You're so holy and kind and loving. You're merciful. I pray you'll look at Tim and his wife and those siblings, oh God, church family, grandparents. Oh God, please, grant comfort and strength. You're the God of all comfort. You comfort us in these times of bereavement, Lord. Difficult to understand. Our faith is in you, Lord. Our faith is in you. Thank you for the great grace and love of God, the power of God. Thank you. We know that all things work together for the good to them that love you. And we praise you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We acknowledge our need of you again and again and again. There is none like you, Lord. None. Thank you for truth. Thank you for truth. Let's give God a big hand. Amen. Let's sing and worship the Lord, shall we? God bless you.